Thank you, choir and orchestra. Caroline and Sarah, I, I saw Sarah up there and thought it was Carrie Underwood who was singing. Well, the next five weeks are going to be fabulous weeks. Our focus is going to be give me five. So why don't you just turn to the person next to you right now and give them five and that way you'll remember. We're asking you to do two things during these next five weeks. First of all is five at five. And during this five-week period, we're asking you each day at five o'clock that you pause to pray for five minutes. Ask the Lord to send revival. Now, we all know that we desperately need revival, so as a congregation, let's commit ourselves to asking the Lord for revival every day, five o'clock, five minutes. The second thing is five in five. We're asking you during this period each week that you invite one person to come to church with you. Now, don't invite someone who's active in another church. They need to go where they're active. There are a lot of people out there who are not going to any church, so invite them to come to our church. During this five-week period, I'm going to be speaking about fives. For instance, next week, it will be five loaves. The week after that, five talents. The next week, five oxen. After that, five porticos. But today, it is five stones. Now, you know that when David went to fight with Goliath, that he paused there at the river and picked up five smooth stones. We're going to look at those today. Take your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17, beginning in verse number 31. When the words which David spoke were heard, they told them to Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him, of Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Then Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are but a youth, while he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with armor. And David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. And he took his stick in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in the shepherd's bag, which he had even in his pouch. And his sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. What I want to do today 
is to give you five stones to slay your giants. Now we all face giants in life. Every one of us here faces giants in life. So I want to give you five stones with which you can defeat the giants of your life. The first is be willing. Be willing to fight. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you will not slay your giant unless you're willing to fight the giant. And David was willing to fight. You'll notice in verse 32, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David said, I am willing to fight this Philistine. He was willing to fight. Now, Israel wasn't. If you notice there in verse number 24, the Bible says, when all the men of Israel saw the man, they fled from him and were greatly afraid. So when Israel saw the giant, the Bible says that they saw him and they fled. No wonder. He's nine feet, six inches tall. Don't you know Frank Martin would try to sign him up to play basketball at Carolina? He is nine feet, six inches tall. So when they saw him, the Bible says that they fled. I understand that David's brothers fled as well. When they saw this giant, when they heard this giant, the Bible says that they fled along with everyone else. But David was willing to fight the giant. Joshua and Caleb were also willing to fight the giants. When they came, when Israel came near to the promised land, Moses sent in 12 spies to spy out the land. 10 of those spies came back and said, well, it is a, it is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. But there are giants over there. We cannot take the land. So in Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, there also we saw the Nephilim, the giants, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. So 10 of the spies then came back, and they said, the land is a land that is flowing with milk and honey. It is all that God said it would be. But there are giants over there, and we look like grasshoppers in their sight. Two of the spies, Joshua and Caleb, came back and they said, we are willing to fight the giants because they saw a God who was bigger than the giants. And so in Numbers chapter 13, verse number 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. I want you to notice that all 12 of the spies saw the same thing. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. All 12 spies saw the giants that were there. 10 came back and said, we can't go in because they responded in fear. Two came back. They experienced the same fear, but they saw the Lord and said, we should go in and take the land. Ladies and gentlemen, we must come to the point where we're willing to fight the giants because there are many giants coming against us today. There are giants that are coming against your families. Are you going to fight them? 
There's the giant of drugs. There's the giant of alcohol. There's the giant of pornography that is rotting the minds of our culture. There's the giant of greed. There are all of these giants that are coming against your family. Are you going to fight them? Or are you going to respond in fear? We have to fight the giants that come against our families because we refuse to give our families to Satan. There are giants that are coming against our country today. Terrorism, we experience it, it seems, almost on a daily basis. I read just recently that the belief in Satan is growing in our country today. I'm talking about as a God to worship. 20% of Americans, according to a recent study, said they oppose organized religion today. The very foundation on which this country was built is being attacked today. And we are going to have to decide as Americans, will we fight the giants or will we cower before them? The church is going to have to decide if it is going to fight the giants because there are giants that are coming against the church today. What will we do? Will we continue to stand on the word of God? Will we continue to stand on the traditions of the faith? Will we continue to believe in the Lord Jesus and in prayer? Will we continue to cry out for revival? Or will we capitulate before the giants? There are always giants. There is always opposition. And Goliath was in opposition to the people of God. He threatened them. If you look at verse number 10, again the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So here is a giant, very bold, very courageous as he stood against the people of God. He defied them, he intimidated them. Verse number 11 when Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The Bible says that when they saw him, when they heard him, they were dismayed. The word that is used there means to take the heart out of. So when they saw this giant, they heard his threats. It took the very heart out of them. And the Bible says that they were greatly afraid. The people and the king were greatly afraid when they saw this giant and they heard his threats. And so it says in verse 24 that they saw him and they fled. Giants threaten and attack us today. I'm, I'll be honest with you, I am somewhat surprised by some of the giants that come against us today, that threaten us today, that intimidate us today because one of those giants is government. I'm not talking about state government. I, I'm, I'm grateful that we have some godly people in positions of authority in our state. May we continue to. But by policy, position, the federal government has taken the position that if you believe the Bible is the Word of God and you stand on the Bible and you order your life after the Bible, then you're a bigot and you're a racist 
That is position that the government is taking more and more. Media, media has a daily barrage against the beliefs that most of us hold. In many places, education shuts out Christianity from the classroom and from the campus. But one of the things that has surprised me is that even business has become a giant against a position on scripture. That surprises me because I thought they were supposed to be selling stuff. I could name some businesses, you already know them, that have taken positions against Christian morality and the Word of God. The truth is they have a right to do that because I believe in free enterprise. I believe that the business has the right to make the decisions as to what they want to do concerning the products that they sell. But I also believe that even though they don't have to accommodate me, I don't have to shop with them. And as much as possible, I don't. Because if they take a position that they will exclude me and the beliefs that I hold, then I see no reason for me to buy their product. So the point I'm making is that the first stone we have to have is a willingness to fight. And we haven't had it for a while. We have to be willing to fight the giant if we intend to slay the giant. The second stone is have faith in God. David stood against Goliath because of his faith in God. God had been faithful in the past in verse number 34. David said to Saul, your servant was tending his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came out and took a lamb from the flock. I went out after him and attacked him and rescued it from his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I seized him by his beard and struck him and killed him. He said, you know, God's been faithful to me as a shepherd boy. As I was protecting the sheep, God was faithful to me. So if God then has been faithful in the past, David is saying, I believe that he will be faithful in the present. Verse 37, and David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and may the Lord be with you. You see, the thing is, David had faith in God. That's the reason that he was willing to fight the, lion, uh, fight the Goliath. Nine feet, six inches tall. But he was willing to fight him because he believed in God. Faith in God. We, we talk a lot about having faith in God. If I asked you today, do you have faith in God? You would probably say yes. I assume you would say yes. But what does it look like? What does faith in God look like? Well, as I tried to think of that through recently, I don't what does it mean to have faith in God? I have faith in God. What does that mean? How does it practically demonstrate itself? To have faith in God means that I'm dependent upon God. That's a part of it. If I have faith in God, then I am dependent upon God in a practical sense. That means I, I am dependent on God to make me the husband my wife needs me to be. I'm not that good of a husband. I'm better than most, but not that good of a husband. But it is a belief or a dependence upon God that he can make me what Linda needs for me to be. As a parent, it means that I am dependent on God to give me the wisdom to be the parent my child needs me to be. 
we dedicated these children today, these families today, it is frightening. I'm assuming it still is. It was with me. It's frightening to have children. Everybody in the world tells you you're doing it wrong. And everything I did when my children were little, I thought, I'm messing this kid up. I'm not sure that I didn't. But, you know, that's the, that's the intimidation that you feel. But it is the belief that as a child of God that I am dependent upon Him. And He will give me the wisdom I need. I don't have to go to every book. I don't have to go to every psychologist. But a belief that God will give me the wisdom that I need to be the parent my child needs me to be. What does it mean to have faith in God? It means that I am dependent upon Him for my financial needs rather than my bank account. So, he had faith in God. What does it mean to have faith in God? It means I'm dependent upon God, and if I'm dependent upon God, then I'm obedient to God. If I'm dependent upon Him, then I'm obedient to Him. David was dependent upon the Lord, and he was obedient to the Lord. In Psalm 40, verse 8, he said, I delight to do thy will, O God. It's not all here, it is in our actions, the way we live our lives. We are dependent upon God, therefore we are obedient to God, and I'm obedient to God even when I feel threatened or even when I am fearful. Job said in verse, chapter 13, verse 15, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. How do you slay your giants? First of all, you have to be willing to fight them. Secondly, with faith in God. Stone number three, use the gifts God has given to you. Now David's objective was to fight Goliath. That's what he was going to do. Saul made him an offer, verse number 38. Then Saul clothed David with his garments and put a bronze helmet on his head and he clothed him with armor. And David girded his sword over his armor and tried to walk for he had not tested them. So David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. And David took them off. Saul offered his armor to David. It had worked well for Saul. He was concerned about David. He wanted David to be victorious. So he said, David, take my armor. Wear my armor as you go to battle against Goliath. And David tried it on. He said, this doesn't fit me. We still do that, don't we? If something worked for me, then I think it ought to work for you. It may or it may not. Saul's armor did not work for David because God had already equipped David. He was physically prepared. David was a shepherd boy. Rugged terrain chasing sheep, I can assure you he was in good condition. I have seen the shepherd boys in Israel many times. I don't think I've ever seen a fat one. I'm not a shepherd boy, obviously. They're in good physical condition because of the conditions they, in which they serve. He was mentally prepared. If the lion and the bear didn't shake him, this giant is not going to shake him either. I mean, he had it physically, he had it mentally, and he had it spiritually. Out with the sheep, he learned to trust in God 
And so he still trusted in God. Folks, God has given you every gift you need, every gift that is necessary to face your giants. God has prepared you for the giants you face. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Paul said to us, put on the full armor of God. You face some giants, Saul's armor may not fit you. But God said, I have already prepared you. Put on the full armor of God. And then Paul tells us what to put on. Truth. In Ephesians 6, 14, stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Folks, when we lose truth, everything else falls apart. It does not hang together when we lose truth. That is the reason that the political correctness of our society is so devastating because we have sacrificed or compromised truth for people to feel well. When we give up truth, everything falls apart. So Paul said, put on truth. Righteousness. Ephesians 6.14, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Would this be true with you? It is with me. When I live righteously, I have great courage. When I live with sin, I'm fearful. Put on righteousness. Righteousness will give you courage. Faith. Ephesians 6, 16, taking up the shield of faith. Arm yourself with faith in God. The sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Put the Word of God in your life. Prayer, Ephesians 6, 18, pray at all times. You want to defeat the giants that come against you? Be willing to fight. Have faith in God. And use the gifts that God has given to you. Stone four, expect God to give victory. Look at verse number 46. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you, and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Shepherd boy, nine feet six inches tall, and he stands there and says this, the Lord will deliver you, the Lord. Our power is in the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. When we come against the giants of life, we look to him because that's where our strength is. David said, the Lord will deliver and I will strike. He knew that he had a part. Now, too often what we do 
is we say the Lord will deliver. I, I hear people say all the time, the world's, the world's totally falling apart. And we say, well, the Lord's in charge. Lord's in control. Lord's in control. I know what they mean. But just to aggravate them, I normally say, well, he's sure making a mess. You see, folks, here's the way that it works. It is the Lord who delivers, but we have to do our part. And when we sit on our hands and we refuse to become involved, we get what we've gotten. David recognized that it is the Lord who delivers, but he said, I will strike. The Lord will deliver, I will strike. God gives victory when we look to Him. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. That's what John said about you. He said, You are from God. If you are a believer, you are from God. If you are from God, then He says, You are an overcomer. You overcome the giants that come against us. Someone wrote, God is able to show us the way, John 10, 4. God is behind us to encourage us, Isaiah 58, 8. God is above us to watch over us, Psalm 91, 1. God is beneath us to hold us up, Isaiah 46, 4. God is around us to protect us, Psalm 125, 2. God is with us to give us courage, Matthew 28, 20. And God is in us to give us supernatural power, John 14, 23. David said, the Lord will deliver. I will strike. Expect victory. The fifth stone, be quick to battle. Verse 48. Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. I like that. David took the offensive. The Bible says that he ran quickly. Now while the others had fled, David ran to the battle. He ran quickly to the battle. Now folks, when giants appear, when giants come against you, there are options that are available to you. You have to decide how you're going to respond. You can hesitate. Sometimes we do too much of that. Considering everything, by the time we get through considering all the consequences, it's too late to act. We can hesitate. That's the reason Joshua said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. In fact, within the context of the verse of Scripture, Joshua said, he says, why do you hesitate? That means to jump back and forth. I'm over here, I jump over there, I jump over here, I jump over there. I'm just jumping back and forth. Why are you jumping back and forth? Choose you this day whom you will serve. You can hesitate, you can flee. We can flee as did the Israelites and the giant remains. Or we can fight. We can fight the giants. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. I think most of us think of that in terms of a more passive position. Within the language that is used there, it is the church storming the gates of hell. That's what's written there. 
The gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is the church storming the gates of hell, and they will not prevail. Larry Jones wrote, the strength that comes from confidence can be quickly lost in conceit, but the confidence that comes from faith will only be increased by the battle. The confidence that comes from faith will be increased in the battle. Let me conclude. We face giants as a country, as a family, as a church, as an individual. We face giants who intimidate us and threaten us. Be willing to fight them. David was. He said, I will fight this giant. Be willing to fight them. Put your faith in God. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So can you. Use your gifts. God has equipped you. God has gifted you to face the giants that come against you. Use the gifts that God has given to you. The gifts that he has given to me may not work for you. Use the gifts God has given you. Expect victory and be quick to battle. Today is the day of salvation. Be quick to battle. I'm asking you because we're going to extend an invitation. You make a decision as to what you're going to do concerning the Lord. If you have never committed your life to Christ, I pray today that you will say today, today I'm going to follow the Lord. I commit my life to Him. And you come, a staff member will pray with you. If you're looking for a church home, you want to join the battle, our doors are open to you. Our gracious Father and God, I come to you at this time and I pray for this time of invitation. Lord, I pray that you'll bless it. I pray that your spirit would draw people to the Lord. Father, I pray for those who are being intimidated and threatened by the giants of, of hell. I pray, Father, that you'll give them victory, that they'll stand in faith and that you'll give them victory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Stand with me, please, as we stand, the choir sings, as they sing. You come, commit your life to Christ. Come to join the church. We'd love to have you, but you come as they sing.